You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. Go Wild is a free social community created for and by hunters. This means that unlike mainstream social media, your trophy pictures won't be censored. They're encouraged. As you spend time on Go Wild, you will earn awesome rewards such as gift cards, free swag, and big discounts on brands like Garmin and Vortex. You will even earn $10 just for signing up. Visit DownloadGoWild.com and sign up today. Fully Loaded Chew is tobacco-free, long-cut, and pouches that gives you the same pack, dip, spit, and buzz that you're used to without tobacco. Fully Loaded Chew comes in nine flavors and is made with all food-grade ingredients and tobacco-free nicotine. To give us a try, head on over to FullyLoadedChew.com for a $1 can of chew with free shipping when you enter the code OUTDOOR1, O-U-T-D-O-O-R, and the number one. For more information on our product line, visit FullyLoadedChew.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin-cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Hunting Gear Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Johnson, and today we're talking about scents. We talk about urine and orbital glands. We also talk about cover scents and scent elimination. And today we're going to be talking with Matt Wade from Code Blue. Code Blue's been around, uh, been around for a while, and um, they are, I guess, a staple in the hunting community and the hunting industry when it comes to those types of scents, especially their their what what Matt calls their one deer, one bottle application uh, to get the most realistic scents possible. And so and so that's what today's topic is about. Now in the past, when I first started hunting, you know, this the scent game is to me it's interesting. Right, and I, I mentioned this from a, a deer behavior, deer biology standpoint, how how they use scent, how they communicate with scent, but how the hunting industry has kind of played off of that into selling products. Now, going back to when I originally started hunting, and I mentioned that in this podcast, that I was the guy who would get the earth-scented wafers. Right, I'd wear them on my hat. I'd wear them on my shirt. I would put them in, put uh, put those wafers in totes of all of my clothes, and that would be kind of my scent cover up. And then when I would get out out of the vehicle, I would spray down with all the sprays. I used to chew gum that uh, supposedly made your breath not stink as bad. Uh, just a whole bunch of stuff. And today, I I use things like. Uh, uh, cover spray and that would be nose jammer and when I'm in the tree I use uh, you know a product like Ozonics which uh, eliminates all this odor right and uh, dilutes uh, the surrounding area and it makes kind of a, a long story short ozone in in its own in multiple applications whether it's in the tree stand or uh, the application on the clothes so I, I've kind of run the gamut and still kind of play that scent game now one thing i don't typically do is the the urine right i I, I, in the past i haven't done mock scrapes i used to do drag rags back in the day when i was younger i don't do that anymore but uh, one thing that i'm really going to pay attention to this year and might even play the mock scrape game a little bit more uh, with the orbital gland maybe in September or something like that and uh, 
Matt today talks a little bit about all all of that stuff. So it's a pretty quick episode. Uh, lots of information comes at you real fast, not only about um, uh, deer and, and how they use scent and their products and how they're properly used, but uh, um, how he would recommend using them. So it's a, it's a pretty quick, pretty fun uh, episode. It's uh, different because I, I don't typically talk with scent companies on here. Um, and maybe it's because I'm a little skeptical. I don't know. I don't know. You'll have. I would love to hear your guys' feedback on this when it comes to what kind of scents you use. You know, there's guys out there when it comes comes to scent elimination, they do not take any shortcuts. They're the guys who keep it in the totes. Uh, when they get out to the woods, they get out of their truck, have a whole new set of clothes that they that they change in. They go in and uh, and then there's guys like me who. I, I, I take naps. I do a whole day in in the clothes. Uh, I'll go to the tree, but then I, I do a dry wash cycle before most of my hunts. So who knows? And who knows what's what is the right way to do it? Again, awesome episode. But before we get into today's episode, we're going to do a little uh, commercial break here. And I want to send a huge shout out to Tethered because I'm really excited about uh, trying out the saddle this year and uh, I've been pressured by enough people in the saddle hunting community I guess you want to call it who have basically pushed me into a corner and say dude it's time to try a saddle so here I am telling you that I'm going to be trying a saddle and to be honest with you I've had it in a tree already Um, I've had a couple sticks up I've sat in it I haven't shot my bow out of it yet but I can see how if you got a strong core you could sit there and just kind of be very comfortable all day. The profile, I'm interested in going into the woods with very low profile, and that means no tree stand, right? Just just a climbing method, which I'm going to probably use the same sticks that I've always used. Uh, so that's uh, tethered, and uh, if you're looking for a saddle, go check tethered out. In the mix of all that right now, you know, it's, uh, I don't know, I don't know about this inflation though. It's kind of throwing me for a loop. Shit, I just saw gas that's four, four forty-five uh, by where I live. And that to me is absolutely ridiculous. And if it's that high during the hunting season, I don't know if I'm going to be going on um, as many trips this year as I would in the past. But, um, so... I'm, I'm daydreaming a lot. I'm still prepping for those hunts, and I'm doing a lot of that on hunt stand and basically just scouring public land uh, in a variety of different states. Um, if you're looking for a very affordable, high-functioning mobile hunting app, you need to check out hunt stand because it has the most features compared to any other mobile app that's out there. So make sure you go check out HuntStand. Go to HuntStand.com. You can read up on all that functionality. And uh, there's a lot of cool new things coming from HuntStand. And and I've had those guys on before, but I'm going to have to get them back on because these guys are uh, doing some interesting stuff and, and some really cool stuff. Then we have the Average Conservationist. Huge shout out to Marcus. He has the Average Conservationist podcast here on the Sportsman's Empire Network. Be sure to check that out, but also go to the Sportsman's, excuse me, theaverageconservationist.com and check out their whole lineup of t-shirts, hats. It's a lifestyle brand, really cool logos, very comfortable t-shirts, man. I wear, he sent me a whole box of them. I wear them just about every day and they're the very comfortable uh, t-shirts that fit really nice around the chest and arms. And if you have love handles, it doesn't show your love handles. So <laughs> I'm a big fan of that. And then, um, uh, yeah, so make sure you go check out The Average Conservationist and maybe go on to their Instagram page and tell them I sent you. And then lastly, we have uh, Annihilator Broadheads. Now, um, these guys, uh, Stubbs Media has reached out to me and was like, hey, man, you got any, uh, you know, you got any uh, uh, space for some advertising? I'm like, yeah. And they're like, yeah, okay, well, we got a, one of our clients. We got Annihilator Broadheads, and they want a little exposure. I'm like, hey, man, you know, I got no problem shouting out a company. And so here's a couple of bullet points they sent me. And, um, you know, you guys can go to their website, Annihilator Broadheads, and, and check them out. One thing that they really say that they, they're pretty proud of is that they get more pass-throughs 
right? And one of the reason it, more pass throughs and less deflections on some of their hard, uh, harder quartering shots, and uh, because it allows the arrow to basically the way it's designed, it allows the arrow to hit, like hook in, get get into the animal, and because of the wound channel, it doesn't create drag on the arrow, which allows the arrow to have all the energy go through it. So um, go check out Annihilator. They got some really cool things on their website, you know, a lot more information about it. Just go check them out. Um, and one another thing that they kind of pride themselves on is they say larger, gr- uh, uh, not larger groups, groups like at field point accuracy at longer ranges. So the, uh, the, the broadhead holds true at longer distances, and there's not a lot of that... Uh, a planing or, or I don't know, whatever that certain broadheads do at longer distances, right? So the accuracy is there. So go check out Annihilator Broadheads, and uh, those guys are going to be on the show here pretty soon as well. So we've done the intro. Uh, we've done the commercials. Huge shout-out to all the brands. Huge shout-out to all of you. If you guys like the Hunting Gear Podcast, please hit me up on uh, Nine Finger Chronicles Instagram and uh, let me know what you want to hear, and I'll I will happily – interview you interview you know if you're a gear nut interview you interview anybody who wants to talk about hunting gear uh even the companies that you might recommend as well so uh let's do it and uh, i say we get into today's episode code blue with matt wade three two one all right on the phone with me today from code blue matt wade matt how we doing man Hey, doing great. How are you, Dan? I'm doing good, man. It sounds like you've, I don't want to say fully recovered, but you've recovered enough (laughs) from being sick to hop on the podcast today. Yeah. So for everybody listening, uh, Dan has tried to schedule this podcast with me about 20 times now and uh, lost my voice a couple times, had uh, uh, some sickness in the family and trying to get over it and going to try to keep from uh, coughing in the microphone too much today, but happy to be on on the podcast and uh, talk with you today. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So the topic of conversation today is code blue and deer scent and, and deer sense and, and things like that. Uh, before we kind of get into the meat and potatoes of the episode, why don't you talk to us a little bit about what you do at code blue? Okay. Um, I'm the product manager for code blue. So basically uh, I manage the brand from uh, top to bottom, pretty much. Uh, I do uh, our production planning, our product sourcing, new product development. Um, uh, generally, anything to do with Code Blue scents or Decode scent eliminators uh, falls uh, under my hat. So uh, it's a kind of a flagship brand here at Pradco. Uh, it was our first uh, first purchase. Pradco is kind of our parent company. Uh, over uh, some iconic hunting brands and Code Blue was the first purchase back in I believe in 92 or 93 and uh, has uh, stayed as a staple under Pradco since then uh, we've got you know some other iconic brands that uh, you recognize as well uh, and I work closely with those guys on uh, products like our attractants for Moultrie uh, so uh, stay pretty much involved in anything that it will attract deer. Yeah. And that is, that's a perfect transition because to me, how a deer uses their nose and how deer, um, you scent in their behavior is really fascinating to me. Uh, everything from the glands, you know, in their eyes to the roof of their mouth to, you know, the, the tarsal glands on their legs and all that stuff. Uh, is, it's yeah. really fascinating how they communicate with each other by scent. And, um, and that kind of leads me into the, the first question I have for you is from a biology standpoint, what do you guys do over there at Code Blue, if any, to, to research deer biology and to come up with the best product? Uh, we're uh, constantly trying to refine our product line uh, to best attract deer. That's one thing that uh, in the beginning of the company, something that kind of sets us apart from our competitors. Uh, there's a lot of you know, great companies in the sin industry, uh, but uh, our calling card is really our one deer to one bottle 
uh, collection process. Like you were saying, they the way that deer use their sense of smell pretty much above all other scents is it's just really important to learn as a hunter, uh, especially you know as a new hunter or a younger hunter. I learned a lot of lessons uh, the hard way that uh, you know you're just you're going to get yourself in trouble if you're not worried about your scent. If you're putting out scent at the wrong time. Uh, you know, the way that they use their nose is just, you know, it's, it's tough to beat. So uh, the one deer to one bottle process is, you know, something that, you know, we stake our, stake our brand on. And, you know, that collection of one deer gives you the most lifelike, you know, response out in the wild. So, you know, that's just, it's really important for Code Blue. Yeah. So talk to us a little bit about why though, like from a a biology standpoint, like why is it best to have one deer sample or urine in a, in one bottle? Well, so think of it in, uh, in terms of just how, how you smell or how I smell our sense of smell is not nearly as, uh, you know, as good as a deer's. I think, uh, some studies say, say it's up to a thousand times better than a human's, uh, a human's nose. So you go into uh, a perfume store and you know that smell when you walk in. It's just overwhelming. You know it's perfume. You can identify the smell. The way that they smell is, you know, they smell a hundred different scents. So, you know, when you go out in the wild and you smell that one specific deer, I mean, mine and your urine smells different. Uh, every deer's urine smells different. So giving them that lifelike one-to-one, you know, smell gives you the best shot. Will blended urines work where you have multiple deer in one bottle? Absolutely. It smells like deer pee because it is deer pee. But uh, that one deer to one bottle is really going to give you that most, you know, the best shot out there in the wild to, you know, mimic an actual doe going through that area, uh, you know, recently. So, um you know, the, the biology behind it is, you know, from my perspective, is pretty simple. Gotcha. It's a, it's a, it's a unique scent. We put, you know, we make sure that you're, it's your retailer. You're never going to have a peg where you walk up and you don't have six. If there's six bottles of urine, we expect you to see six different deer numbers and six different deer to choose from on that peg. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. So, so if you say one deer to one bottle, then that tells me that that is an actual collection facility where you're collecting actual urine or uh, yes. con- stuff from a, a, an animal, right? Yes. So we're collecting a hundred percent from one deer and we can trace each bottle back. You'll see uh, the deer number, you know, it just looks like a bunch of numbers, but it, we can trace that back to when it was collected and the specific deer that it was collected from. So, you know, a little geeky, a little, you know, it seems a little overproduced, but to us, you know, it, it makes the difference. Yeah. And from a hunter hunting standpoint, right. For like me, I like, I like the attention to detail in that sure. just from a, from the standpoint, it's just like, this isn't just a hodgepodge of things that, that are, uh, thrown together and just labeled right i i can look yeah. at that and i can go oh this is pretty cool I, I can trace this back to a particular deer and that tells me that that was the deer that i don't know that that's the nerdy yeah. side of me though that i that i guess I well like. sure i mean so even you know there are products that you can buy that are have urine in them and they have other attractants added to the mix you can find fully synthetic products that are made and we sell them as well uh, but that are made to mimic, you know, the smell of a doe in estrus or, you know, a buck, you know, you can do, there's only so much you can do to mimic the smell. We do the best we can, you know, across the industry, especially where, you know, real deer urine is outlawed or not allowed. But, you know, when it comes down to it, a pure non-additive, you know, pure product is what, you uh, you know, what works best. So we typically stick with that. And we have different products where we have, you know, a enhanced version, uh, but it's based on uh, enhancements coming from an actual deer. It's not, uh, you know, not uh, synthetic additives, I guess you could say. Yeah. So, you know, 
obviously the term synthetic means fake, right? But overall, what is the difference between real urine and synthetic urine? I mean, it's pretty simple. Uh, You know, real urine is is real urine from an actual white-tailed deer, so uh, you're getting exactly what you want. You know, we we have basically we've had, as far as I know, we've overhauled our synthetic line multiple times over the years to try to refine. You know, as we find you know new scents that can you know give us that smell that's going to smell more like the real thing. We do the best we can. I think we have a great scent line for. You know, those states where you can't use the real thing, but nothing's going to beat the real thing. And, you know, we just we do the best we can across the industry to mimic that. Uh, but, you know, you're not going to beat the real thing. Yeah. So the way I understand a little bit of it and maybe maybe I you know, I'm no deer biologist, but during the breeding season, a, uh, a doe can give off like a pheromone of sorts. Um and that also triggers a buck to go, hey, she's ready. Like, I'm going to yeah. go chase her. So um, do, where does that pheromone come from? And are you able to collect that at all? Uh, the specific pheromone, uh, we collect the urine when we're, uh, when we're sure that the doe is in estrus, when she started her estrus cycle where she's ready to be bred. So uh, that's... Uh, a testable attribute, I guess you can say. Yeah. Uh, so, so all of our doe and estrus urine is not uh, just, you know, they go in and out of cycle. Those go in and out at the beginning of the season through the end of the season. And just based on you know where you are, those cycles are at different times, but uh, it's pretty much down to science during collection uh, that, you know, if it's during her cycle, uh, it's, it's provable that the urine is once collected during her cycle. And, as you stated, you know, there's a, that pheromone that's in the air, you know, a buck knows when, you know, it's just a, you know, a doe walking by that's not uh, ready to be bred and when she's ready. So uh, very important uh, to note when using urines as well. It's not like you're really going to scare a buck off by using estrus too early normally, but it definitely gives the wrong signal, yeah. uh, you know, so uh, yeah, using sense is great, but uh, using them at the right time is important as well. Right. Um, so when it comes to like these these scents and how to use them in your hunting strategy, is there a you know you guys have a, a crazy lineup from like preorbital uh, stuff that you know you could potentially use early season to mm-hmm. drag rags to scrape fixers to estrus urine you know things like that. Explain to us a little bit about your product line and and how how to properly use them throughout <laughs> a, a deer season. Sure. Yeah. So like you said, we we try to supply products that work well and are tested and proven to work well throughout the season so you know your early season uh, like you mentioned i love to use a product that uh, like a pre-orbital or a rack or rack rub product uh, to you know before you can really you know an estrogen is going to be what is most recognizable during during hunting season so that early season like i said it's not good to use that uh, scent because it's they're not in cycle yet so uh, typically i like to use rack rub or pre-orbital gland scent during the early season uh, to just uh, kind of pique the interest of a buck especially if i had you know known travel corridors known scrape locations in the past that you know typically get used each year um I like to prep those and uh, set up a camera and see, you know, what I got coming by. Rack rub is a great product to use just because it's not overwhelming uh, and it's not going to, I've never had a buck that came by on camera that did not stop and check out rack rub. It's a good product, easy to apply. And, you know, like I said, you like to find a scrape early in the season, uh, but, you know, we've got products you can make mock scrapes with as well. Uh, During that, excuse me, during the mid-season when, you know, the rut's starting, uh, you know, I love to use an estrus scent or I feel like that's your best chance to, you know, 
catch a buck off his game. I mean, any hunter knows that certain time of the year when they're chasing, I mean, anything can happen out there and you can pull, you know, he could be chasing, chasing a doe and catch that scent and, you know, it could be right in front of you in a second. So uh, during, during the middle of the season, I like to use an estrus scent. And then if I've got, uh, if I know I'm uh, after a specific buck that's super territorial and staying in the same area, you know, you can mix in a buck urine or uh, a scrape product, uh, you know, as an infringement scent. Um, you know, I like to do that whenever I'm sure that there's, you know, an alpha in the area. Uh, you don't want to scare off, you know, younger deer that way, but uh, older deer, typically they're going to, they're going to take to that and not want another buck in their area. Um, and then late season, uh, you know, really just trying to finish out the season, those second, those does that are not bred early season uh, may come back into heat again. So I'm using estrus at the end of the season as well. Yeah. So you, you mentioned something about the cycle may not be ready, but when we look at the, the breeding cycle of the whitetail herd in general, it's a, it's a bell curve, right? Some does go in early and can be bred as early as like the first to second, second week of October, all the way, you know, if they miss their first cycle and aren't bred, they can go multiple times out, you know, but with, with peak breeding being the 14th, uh, research shows that peak breeding is done somewhere around November 14th. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, Knowing that and knowing that different deer groups can, you know, doe groups can go into uh, estrus at different times. How, how do you, how, how would you recommend somebody using that, that doe estrus? I mean, is that only the quote unquote rut scent or it, can that also be used early season as well? Well, I mean, typically they're different, at least in, I've only hunted Alabama recently, uh, but the, you know, where two counties over, they may be hitting peak rut in right. the 1st of December. Uh, at our place, uh, we're, you know, in South or mid to South Alabama, we're really seeing the most activity between like December 20th and the first week of January. I mean, where it's just an all out all day seeing bucks on camera that you haven't seen before bucks coming through so i mean my thing is i'm once the season is or at the breeding season has started in the state i'm i'm going to that estra scent because it's not too early even if you know maybe at our place i know the best time is late in december you know i'm not i'm not putting it on the shelf till then when does are being bred somewhere in the state i'm i'm ready to go with that it's your best shot to use out there so gotcha um so yeah gotcha all right so i'd like to talk about quality assurance for a while um because there you know in order to collect uh it's not like you have a bottle and you just follow a deer around and you hold it while they pee, right? They're... That's exactly what we do. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't seem very efficient, man. <laughs> you know, we're all about quality. So you find people with fast feet and fast hands. You don't You don't make the NFL come see us. You know, we, can, <laughs> we can find a spot for you on team. No, yeah, we're, you're, not, uh, you know, you're not doing that. So uh, can't go into too much as far as the detail as around collection goes. Uh, it is a patented process, especially the way that we do it. Uh, but what I can tell you is as far as quality goes, uh, we take a number of steps to ensure quality. The thing that's going to break down urine is oxygen, light, uh, heat, and time. Uh, so, you know, we use uh, a process to try to eliminate uh, product sitting out for any period of time. Once we have it, it's sealed. We bottle it and uh, keep it in a cool, dark place uh, until it's ready to go out. We use dark, uh, dark glass bottles uh, to, you know, keep the UV rays off the product. Uh, we take a lot of steps to ensure that, you know, even if it's been, you know, a number of weeks since the product was collected, uh, that you're going to get that fresh, as fresh as you can possibly get it by the time it hits you. Quality is just as important as having, you know, having good product. You know, if you've ever had a bottle of urine that's been opened and reopened and sat in the back of a truck 
and taking a whiff of it. Yeah, it smells, uh, but it's, that's not the smell that you're looking for. Right. Uh, so you can tell the difference. I mean, I, easy to say for me because I, you know, I'm around it all the time. But uh, anybody, anybody can tell the difference in a, a bottle of urine that's gone bad and a bottle of urine that's been, you know, collected and you know, quality has been, you know, taken care of. Yeah. Whenever you're collecting. Yeah. So do so natural urine obviously has an expiration date um does synthetic have the same type of expiration date uh i wouldn't say that they're the same i mean without we don't put an expiration date on our bottles we try to sell out every year at the end of the year uh we hope that our retailers retailers sell out at the end of the year but the steps that we take uh to to make sure that uh, that urine is is good when it's bottled. Uh, Once it's sealed, uh, it should last for a couple of years uh, without any breakdown uh, in the urine. Uh, But as far as synthetics go, uh, I mean, the products themselves should last for a longer time in the elements than a bottle of real urine will. But uh, we don't I've never heard, I've never had a complaint about a bottle of uh, synthetic that was expired or you know, seemed like it had gone bad because it's we're using agents that don't break down like natural urine will over time. Yeah, talk to me a little bit about uh, of how do you sense or 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 why? Let's say a guy listens to this podcast and he goes, "Hey, man, I have never used scent." before right and then whether i've he's been successful or he hasn't been successful he's just never he's never thought to use scent or just hasn't used any type of sense before cover this in in two ways all right from a strategy standpoint talk to us a little bit about getting deer in front of trail cameras right versus actually using it in a hunting strategy where you aim to kill on on that set yeah so uh, getting deer in front of trail cameras is you know, important, especially early in the season. You know, like me, I I do a little bit of public land hunting. Not as easy to uh, you know take inventory on public land. Obviously, you got a lot more factors going against you there. But uh, typically, I'm using uh, you know a scrape type product or uh, you know an early season preorbital type product to try to inventory deer, get them in front of cameras. And, you know, you're not sending any message other than this is a place where you need to come lay some communication down. That's what a scrape essentially is. Does use it, bucks use it. Uh, they're using their urine. They're using their, their feet, their uh, hooves, their interdigital glands in between, uh, you know, in their feet to send a message. Uh, they're, it's basically like they're, you know, writing down a message like, hey, I'm here. Hey, this is, you know this buck's been here this doe's been here yeah uh, and he you know so scents are important uh to use and to just understand how deer use them uh during the season uh you know you're you're trying to basically put a scent down to mimic uh, a doe in the area that's ready to be bred or uh you know just that there is another buck or another doe in the area it can be a a calming factor. Uh, if it's not a uh, sexual attractant, it can be, uh, if you're, you know, hunting for does, uh, using a doe scent in the area, lets another doe know, Hey, like there's, you know, there's other does in the area can g- give them a calming or a safety, uh, safety in numbers kind of effect. Uh, bucks early season, uh, can be just curious about another buck in the area, especially when they're still running together. Uh, so you can use them a number of different ways throughout the season. And, you know, regardless of if you're using them or not, deer are using them. Uh, so, you know, you can, you can kind of Im- impact uh, your level of success uh, by using them and using them the right way. Gotcha. Yeah. And, and the right way is very important because I, yes. back in the day, I used to use a, um, uh, some scent that I got from a guy who raised deer uh, that here in Iowa and uh-huh. we would do drag rags into mm-hmm. basically put a rubber ba- or a rope around a rock with some cloth on it and drag it to our tree stand. Okay. Sure. And the hopes of a, you know, a big buck following that in and, and then getting a shot on it. 
but there's there's a way to properly do it. Uh, why don't you walk through the proper way to use, let's say, a, a drag rag? Because you sell drag rag, like um, drag yeah. products that don't won't get you busted. Sure. So we take a lot of care to make sure that human scent is uh, not on those drags uh, to try. That's you know, that's just as big of a factor as using uh, using scents to attract deer. A, almost bigger factor is going to be the scent that you leave behind yourself. So uh, it's very important that you're scent free as much as you can, especially when using a drag, because you got to think you're, when you're using that drag, you're pouring urine on the drag, trying to create a scent trail to your stand. Well, the other thing that's creating a scent trail is your feet. So you want to do as much as you can to eliminate your scent. You got to think no matter how many steps you take to eliminate that scent at home, you get in your truck, you know, your truck smells like a cheeseburger or <laughs> like you've been sleeping in it for three days on public land. You got, you stopped and got gas on the way, smoked a cigarette, you know, whatever you do, you're putting scent all over you. So trying to keep scent off your hands uh, when putting out scent, just as important as using scent because, you know, they're going to detect, uh, you know, you touch all over everything that you're putting urine on, they're going to detect that smell as well. So you want to uh, make that scent stronger, closer to your stand. So like you said, you probably want to start, say, 150 yards out from your stand, uh, refresh your drag, drag it up to your stand, then refresh it when you're about 50 yards away, uh, bring it within you know, 20, 30 yards of your stand. Some people like to bring it all the way to the stand. I like to bring it to a spot where I've got a good opening uh, and hang it on the back of a tree limb. That'll get it up in the air too. So not only do you have the scent, uh, trail on the ground uh, now when the wind's catching scent hopefully it's catching uh, catching it and taking it to a buck rather than uh, you know just laying on the ground and it's not something you want to put in your pocket while you crawl up in the stand either uh, so yeah uh, you use it as a, as a yardage marker as well especially yeah. for bow hunting so yeah you're just wanting to get a, a scent trail or uh, you know you can use wicks to <clears throat> wicks to hanging in a tree you can get a lot more with some of the wick products that we sell they'll absorb a lot more urine so it'll create basically a, a drip uh, over you know hours of time before it'll dry up so uh, different ways to put it out uh, yeah. you can get as creative as you want and or you can literally walk to your stand uh, dripping it out of the bottle yeah uh, but all about how much effort uh, you're going to put in it yeah. One thing that I used to do uh, when I used scent was I used to grab a, bo a handful of gravel and put it in my pocket. Um, and then I would have a really good access route to my tree stand. And then I'd get in to my tree stand. You know, you got to figure out which way the wind is blowing uh, sure. where where my scent wouldn't overlap any of that uh, of that scent. And then I would take my scent usually doe estrus or some kind of buck and rut lure and i i drip it on the rocks and then i would throw the rocks into the woods and hey. i would do that now of course i i spend the rest of the day there smell with my fingers smelling like deer pee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, say, let me see let me see uh how you felt after you threw the rocks yeah right so Hold then you know i i didn't necessarily have any crazy success with that but i did have you know, some, some younger deer come into that on a, you know, a couple of, of occasions and put their nose to the ground and I'm assuming smell what I had thrown over there. And so it was one of those, it was one of those, uh, experiments that I don't know what the, I, I really don't know what the outcome was of it. And, and I would have to say that, uh, maybe there was deer there nocturnally that I didn't see. So the, the experiments really, inconclusive as far as yeah. uh, you know data is concerned but when it comes to a guy maybe sitting on the edge of a uh saying he wants to try to take the next step and, and involve scent into his you know whether it's preseason strategy with by maybe setting up some mock scrapes over you know with a trail camera over top of it or actually using some kind of doe estrus or drag rag or, or drip system or, or the preorbital gland, whatever. Um, mm -hmm. Why should they consider using scents? Well, you know, you're, by using scents, you're not guaranteed 
to kill a deer. We're not, you know, trying to advertise that, you know, no matter what, you pour this bottle out, you know, 10 points coming out. If he's in the air, he's coming out. You know, it's, it's a decision that you know, deer are making, what they're after. All you can do is you're hedging your bet. You're giving yourself the best opportunity uh, to you know, bring him within range. Um, you know, so it's one of those things where is it going to guarantee you a better outcome? Not necessarily. Uh, but if you use them in the right way, it's definitely going to increase your odds. Um, you know, I've had times where I know a buck is in the area and you sent and didn't have any luck. And then other times where uh, bucks have come, you know, straight down a scent trail that I brought in. And, you know, it was just like, you know, it works exactly how uh, you planned it, scripted it for TV. Uh, but uh, I just look at it as a way to, you know, I'm doing the best that I can outside of a feeder, you know, shooting a buck over a feeder and patterning, it, patterning him that way. Uh, this is increasing my odds to get some traffic in the area, especially if I'm hunting for bucks. You know, does a little bit different, but uh, you know, this is going to give me the best opportunity. And when it comes down to it, it's a it's a small investment. Uh, you know, you're not. It's not like you're. You've got to put a lot of time and you know money into using scents. Uh, our products are you know are affordable. Uh, so get if you kill a buck today, if you spend an extra 50 bucks over the season and, you know, you had success using urine, uh, as an attractant, uh, that's a great investment. Yeah. You lose, if you didn't have any, if you don't feel like you had any extra, you know, action because of it, you lost 50 bucks. And it's unlikely that, you know, it was because of the product in any way. Yeah. Sometimes it's just not in the cards. Uh, you know, Knowing your property, knowing where you're hunting, and knowing the, you know, the deer's acti- the deer activity on your property is in, when using sense is important. Yeah, and that's one thing that I I feel like I'm gonna mess around with uh, sometime in September or in uh, maybe early early season is maybe some mock scrape type scenarios with some preorbital gland on it. Sure. Uh, and and. I don't know if I'm going to ever get back into the drag rag and, and doe estrus type stuff, but I do, I, I, I've heard it enough from people that I really respect and who do it a lot that the preorbital, in order to get, if you can't use mineral, in order to get deer in front of your trail camera so you can take an inventory or know what deer are on the property that you hunt, the preorbital is probably the, one of the best ways to do that. Yeah, and, you know, especially important during bow season, uh, I just got into bow hunting last year and found out pretty quickly, you know, how important it is to have a bow uh, or, or to have uh, deer within range, figuring out these, you know, scrape scrape sites that I've known for years. Like, wow, I had so many different places I could, you know, gun hunt from, have good access to the roots and to the scrape. Little different when bow hunting, so uh, figured out pretty quick that you know, having having uh, that preorbital and rack rub scent is you know it's helpful. And like you said, bringing them in uh, and getting an inventory. Uh, if I'm con- when I'm confident hunting, you know, like anything else, I feel I feel the best when I know that I've got a chance. So taking inventory is uh, is a good booster for morale as well. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I tell you what, man, I really appreciate you taking time uh, out of your day to hop on here and talk a little bit about uh, Code Blue. Is there anything that we missed before we shut it down today? Um, I mean, we covered scents pretty well. Uh, I touched on scent elimination. Uh, it's just a, it's just a really important part of pre- preparation for your hunt. Um, you know, it, as we talked about, a deer's nose is just so a sense of smell is just so strong. So uh, just keep that in mind. I know, you know, the, the best situation is to hunt a good wind and uh, make sure you don't win yourself. But uh, take extra steps uh, to ensure that, whether it's uh, your body, on your clothes, uh, boots. Uh, you know, we sell products to, to eliminate that scent. And uh, to me, that's just as important as uh, using scents to attract deer. Staying undetectable in the woods is, you know, arguably more important. Uh, so, uh, a blend of both is good, 
Uh, like I said, we, we take a lot of care in producing and putting out the products uh, that we offer at Code Blue. Uh, so check us out, and uh, good luck hunting this season, everybody. Yeah, uh, I lied. I have a couple more questions because I, <laughs> I, I just got into the scent elimination page on the website, okay? Um, uh, so back in the day, you know, there used to be, hey, you got to wear rubber boots, you know, because rubber yep. boots, they will keep your th- things. I don't, from a personal standpoint, I really don't know how much that weighs in anymore for me anyway. Some people, okay. some people, everybody has a different threshold of how they take their scent elimination game, where they take it and how deep they take it. Sure. Um, so, so talk to us a little bit about what kind of scent elimination uh, or maybe even cover sprays that Code Blue uh, offers. Yeah, so uh, we offer a full line of scent elimination products uh, that will basically help you from uh, when it comes to storing your clothes, your hunting clothes in the off season, uh, you know, that time they spend in a tub or in a shed or in a closet that's covered with clothes that are, you know, you spend a lot of time trying to not get scent on your clothes during hunting season. What they're doing in the off season is important as well. Uh, but um, you know, making sure that uh, you're set free as much as you can uh, while you're in the woods is important. I mean, whether you take it seriously or not, deer are taking your scent seriously when you go out in the woods. You know, you can you can go out and I mean, you hear like your grandpa say, I didn't wear camo and I smoked a cigarette while I was sitting in the stand and killed plenty of deer. True, true enough, still happens to this day, but it's just another step to, you know, give you an advantage in the woods. Our products go from washing your clothes to washing your body. Uh, We carry sprays that uh, will eliminate scent on your clothing. Uh, Like I said, you wash your clothes, (coughs) excuse me, getting your truck, you're picking up scents all the way uh, to your stand pretty much. So, uh, you know, we offer a full line of products that uh, will basically any aspect uh, that could, you know, wreck your hunt or we've made a product that will, you know, help you eliminate your scent. Uh, And it's not just, uh, you know, there are cover scents out there as well. I don't use them as much. Uh, I think the best cover scent we offer is just going to be basic doe urine. Uh, that's just going to, you know, it's a natural smell that's going to be everywhere in the woods. So uh, that's a good one to use. But I like to use our scent-free products uh, that are actively eliminating scent uh, on you and your clothing. Uh, so, uh, you know, great product line, uh, something we've had a lot of success with over the last few years since we reintroduced the line. And, uh, you know, we're, we're pretty pretty happy with the performance like you said it's not for not for everybody uh but uh it's it would definitely it definitely comes into play when you're out in the woods yeah what is the active ingredient in in your scents or your scent elimination spray uh we use nano silver uh to eliminate uh human odors so it eliminates a ton of different human odors uh but um the wording around it gets a little tricky uh but it is uh, <coughs> uh we use nano silver as the active ingredient okay and that um, is that's supposed to knock like is it something that uh can like straight kills stops odor or does it dilute it to the point where i don't know uh, it may lessen the threat uh if a deer does catch it we're gonna stay away from the word kills okay uh, but uh but we're gonna say uh Similarly, it's it's eliminating human odor. It's removing the odor from uh, you or your clothing. Okay, all right. <laughs> and is this is this a is this something that needs to be done liberally? Uh, because I see, you know, this is th- these sprays, right? Um, I, I see how people use them. They squirt them on their clothes and then they let them air dry for a little bit. Then they put them back on. They go out into the woods, right? Um, the way I look at it is, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to debate. I, so here, here's the deal. I, I don't know if they work or not, but I use them anyway. Okay. And I don't know why, maybe it's something that has been conditioned in, in me for 
for years and years and years. You know, got to get the spray. I was that guy who used to have those little earth scent wafers on a clothespin on my hat. That's, that's how I started hunting. So when it comes to these scent elimination sprays, right, you talked about this, that silver being the active ingredient, but how much of the active ingredient is needed to actually do the job of eliminating all of the human odor on the clothes? Well, so yeah, we will encourage you to apply liberally, especially with the sprays. Uh, They, you know, with the, with the product itself, you want to apply liberally because you want it to be touching, you know, the, the odor. So trying to skimp on spray is not going to do the job. You're going to eliminate whatever it touches. So the more liberally you apply, uh, the better of a job it's going to do. Uh, you know, the, the active silver, uh, part of the equation, uh, is the same across all, all of our products. Uh, so, uh, we found the, the kind of the sweet spot uh, that will both eliminate the odor and not add uh, a smell to you as well. Gotcha. And, you know, you, you don't want to do that as well. So you'll notice that uh, when you get a smell of our product, it's not going to have a scent and uh, it's got enough of the active ingredient to take care of your odor as well. Uh, you know, just try it. I'm, you yeah. know, I'm telling you, it's wash your clothes uh, with the with the unscented detergent. Uh, and let me know how you how you feel about it because uh, I can definitely tell uh, if I you know use uh, a jacket two or three times in the back of your truck throw it in the back of your truck each time I've got a camper shell in mine that's why I'm in the back of the truck throw it in your back seat uh, tell me you can't smell anything when you go out in the woods uh, yeah. versus right after it's freshly washed is it going to get you busted every time no just like scents are not going to you know guarantee you know you kill a big buck elimination does not necessarily mean that if you don't if you don't use it that you're going to get busted but uh, I can say from experience I've been uh, busted plenty of times and thought yeah this is this was on me <laughs> yeah yeah I could have done more yeah I feel you yeah now we can be done all right uh, <laughs> so so hey man again I really appreciate your time thanks for hopping on and uh, if people want to find out more about code blue where should we send them uh, send them to codebluesense.com. Uh, you can uh, find all of our products in uh, most uh, hunting retailers as well. And uh, but yeah, go to our website. We've always got deals running there. Uh, we ship out within 24 hours. Great products. Uh, we're you know working hard over the next few months to make sure you've got the fresh product out there. So uh, codebluesense.com. Check us out.